Bible to Galatians chapter 6. Christmas is a joyful time of year for sure, but oddly enough, Christmas is a time when there's more suicides and uh, more people struggling than maybe any other time of the year that we get discouraged. I think that's there's no secret as to why life sometimes is kind of hard. In fact, it's hard all the time. Uh, if we If we stop and pay attention, it's easy for us to find something going wrong, something we're struggling with, something we're missing that we used to love and had. Uh, I know each of us, every one of us, I'm sure in here, have lost loved ones that we used to love celebrating Christmas with and miss those times. But I think the Lord wants to sustain us through these times. And so I have a verse I just want to share with you, Genesis, excuse me, Galatians, Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. Paul writes to this church at Galatia. He gives one of the most powerful verses, one of the most powerful statements on how to overcome discouragement. It says, Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap, if we faint not. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you for uh, your love towards each of us. Uh, Lord, each of us that are here, I know, uh, Lord, each of us individually are, are, uh, are sinners. And without your grace, we're sinners uh, in the hands of an angry, angry God. But because of your blood, we've been redeemed. Lord, that does not excuse us from the difficulties of life. Our Savior told us, in the world we will find tribulation. But Lord, help us to find comfort in these words. Lord, help us to find uh, uh, strength to overcome discouragement this time, uh, these times uh, this, uh, uh, of our life when we face discouragement. I pray you would just bless this time that I get to share that your word. And I just pray you would just help me to be used of you. In Christ's name, amen. I will say as we were, since since... But Lester, thankfully, uh, was was willing to do the Lord's Supper, which is a blessing to me. I know, but Lester, how many years did you do the Lord's Supper without somebody doing it for you? <laughs> yeah, it is a blessing to have a man who will do that for me sometimes, and I get to just sit and worship. Um, but Brother Lester and Brother Dave both talked about tonight and how this is this evening, and we're doing observing this this evening. I don't know about you guys, but I'm not going home and going straight to bed. Um, that, so I was just thinking that as we were listening. But let's talk about this verse. Uh, there is strength available from the Lord, isn't there? Uh, these, these first words to this verse, uh, let us not be weary. Let us not be weary. Uh, that word weary, it means fainting, discouraged, uh, flagging is another a uh, word I saw in one of the dictionaries I was uh, studying this verse from, and not a, not, a, not a common word that we use in American English, but the description is clear. It's when someone is really struggling to get along, uh, to keep going. And, and added to this is, let us not be weary. We're not to be weary. The word, the encouragement Paul is sharing is, don't be weary. Don't be 
discouraged. Don't be despondent. How can we do that? The reason why we can do that is because there's strength that's available, given to us. You know, there's strength for every task that God asks us to do. If we look uh, through the pages of the Bible, we'll see strength that God gave to Noah. Noah, who built the ark, and it, it wasn't like it was a weekend project. It took him 120 years to build the ark. Or Nehemiah. Recently, we were in the book of Nehemiah. Uh, Building that wall was no small feat. Making sure to restore that wall of Jerusalem was no small thing. It took 52 days of of endless work, almost without stopping. Uh, There was strength. God gave them strength to do those things. There's strength for difficult times. Paul, uh, who wrote this book, suffered because of his Faithfulness to serve the Lord. Paul suffered a a thorn in the side, as he described it. And he sought the Lord three times, saying, can can you help me with this? Could you remove this from me? I need to do your work, and this is hindering me. But the Lord's response was, my grace is enough. My grace is sufficient for thee. That's 2 Corinthians 12.9. Or David. You know, I don't know uh, precisely the time that David wrote the 23rd Psalm, but he, he included some important words for us. He says, Yo, a yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, <coughs> I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. I still got a little bit of that tickle from last week, don't I? The Lord held, carried David through many trials. You know, it's easy for us to believe John 15, 5. Without me, you can do nothing. We need to start believing what it says in Philippians. Um, it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. We can trust in the Lord. We can depend upon him to help us overcome discouragement. We can give we let him be our strength through these difficult times. But he says in, in this verse, and let us not be weary. And the next few words is in well-doing. There's, there's a major reason why many are discouraged. It's because God has called us to well-doing. And what we try to do is just do well. We try to live well. We try to uh, uh, impress others and, and God with our nice cars and our houses and our clothes. And, and uh, you know, but God is not impressed by these things. God is not impressed by uh, good sermon outlines. God is not impressed by uh, our building looking nice or our budgets or our baptisms or any of those things. God, is, God wants us to be engaged in well-doing. A lot of people are not doing well. I've I've got a friend and uh, who I've served in ministry with who struggles in ministry often financially. He doesn't get called for a lot of revival meetings and doesn't get uh, asked to go preach at other churches or he doesn't get sought by pulpit committees. Uh, sometimes even his wife doesn't like his sermons. But after a good day at church, 
it's good to know that you did some well. You did some good. God has not called us to to just doing well, but to well-doing. Excuse me. This chapter, we look in verse 1. It says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in in a fault... You which are spiritual, restore such a one in, in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. There's some well-doing that we're to be engaged in. When we look in our church, you know, one of the most important parts about church membership is that we're connected to each other. Uh, this church membership is not just a, a, you know, a, a general house where we can all gather together and sit in our assigned seat and do our own little private worship and then go home without engaging with one another. We're to be connected to one another. And one of the well, one of the, one of the things, uh, one of the acts of well doing we see in verse nine here is is restoring a, a brother who's fallen. Or in verse two, bear you one another's burden, and so fulfill the law of Christ. We should bear one another's burdens. Not only that, that means you might ought to share a heavy burden with someone else. Verse 6. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. We ought to support those that teach. Verse 10. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially <clears throat> unto them who are of the household of faith. We're to do good to one another, especially those in the house, in the church. God has called us to well-doing. Let us not be weary in well-doing. It's not just activity, but it means we might that activity might be prayer. It's sometimes hard work to be doing some of these things. Sometimes thankless work, but it's work that's worth doing. I could tell you from my own personal walk how many times someone has done well in my life, has has encouraged me as I've gotten uh, uh, an ox in the ditch (laughs) Or, or has or shared with me a burden, or allowed me to share my burden with them, and how it has helped sustain me and bring me back to a place of strength and, and ability to serve the Lord. It's necessary work. We need God's help to do this too. Let's keep moving. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season... You know, things are operating a bit on a schedule. A divine schedule that is not going to be changed by our impatience. Sometimes God is... Uh, how many of y'all ever have been impatient with God? I just sharing a little bit for myself. I, I've... When we worked in Texas City for four years and the Lord pulled us out of that ministry and we understood some of the practical reasons why. We didn't really understand all the reasons why. I remember being excited to be going back uh, north to my home church where I grew up and 
and to get back involved. And suddenly I found that I wasn't back involved. I was just sitting in a pew and wanting to preach, wanting to serve, wanting to be engaged in this ministry God had called me to. And actually at times being really impatient with the Lord, wondering, have you feeling forgotten? God might have seemed slow, but he was right on time with the answers I needed. All things have their season. Ecclesiastes 3, to, all, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up, a, lot, a time to weep, Time to laugh, a time to mourn. I mean, these are there's a time for everything. Jesus said in Luke 12, 42, that things have a due season. We've often become victims of this age where everything is instantly at our fingertips. Uh, if you're up, how many of y'all still have kids in school? No, nope. I do. I have kids in school. My kids are used to having anything they want right then. I feel more like a victim just from their expectation of instant gratification. Uh, we have so many things that just happen instantly, it seems, you know. And my kids do get their good chance of waiting. Uh, right now, I have a boy right now who's waiting for me to come home so we can throw the ball together. There's so many things that are instant. Meals, um, uh, everything. But in God's work, there is a due season. And no matter what we do, no matter how we plan things, we can't change God's plans and God's seasons. Paul told the church at Corinth that he had planted, Apollos had watered, but it was God who gave the increase. It was God that gave the increase. This is... God's law of the harvest. You reap what you sow. You reap sometimes more than you sow, and you might reap later uh, after you sow, the law of due season. It says in due season, what does it say? And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season it says what? We shall reap. I think that's encouraging to me. Uh, as a As a Pastor, I'm not any kind of great seasoned pastor like Brother Lester. I do have, I'm not a novice, I don't think, anymore. Uh, but as a pastor, it's sometimes easy to get impatient. Not with you, just with the Lord. Uh, as a pastor, we, we, we have visions. We have not visions like, uh, like, like visions in our dreams like Joseph and and the angel of prison. I'm talking about, we just have dreams for this church. I have a dream for this church, this church to be thriving and, and for to be full of, of people who are eager to serve. And, and praise God, I'm surrounded by many people who are eager to serve and willing. But we need more. We need more to continue. Uh, there's many of you, Brother Dave, do you plan on living another 30, 40 years? Yeah, yeah. We all can't expect to live long enough to do what we would like to do for the Lord. 
And as time carries on, we grow weaker and, and, and less in our own physical strength to do things. We need people who are fresh and ready. But I think it's encouraging to see that if we are not weary in well-doing, it says, in due season we shall reap. We shall reap. It's encouraging. God will accomplish our, through our work, a predicted harvest. Folks will get saved. That's God's business. Our church may grow. That's God's business, isn't it? He's given us the job of planning and sowing. We need to be about that type of work. We need to not grow weary in that type of work. And then we need to rejoice about what kind of reaping he's going to bring for us. But it says, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap. But there's a caveat. If we faint not. Do you know God can still use us even when we're discouraged? You might continue to preach or teach. You may not be able to do it with the kind of power you want, but God will bless a seed sown. What you might do may not often be very big, but God can bless it. As long as preachers preach and teachers teach and piano players play and deacons deek, As long as givers give, we shall reap if we faint not. There is something that is fatal to this, though. There's a flaw, if we allow it to take place, that will stop Christian growth, that will stop the growth of a church that will stop the baptismal waters being stirred, and that is quitting. We cannot quit. I, uh, I am tremendously blessed, uh, I think uniquely blessed as a I don't know if I'm a young pastor or a new pastor or whatever kind of pastor I am, but I'm blessed that I get to work with a friend who's been there, and I don't see any quit in this guy. It's encouragement to me, and I pray that it's an encouragement to you. Our Lord saw his Father's will through till the end. He did not quit. We have example like Paul, who saw it through, through far more trials. Remember Lester uh, will, will, will trot out his, his story about that car accident, and man, it's such a dramatic time in his life. But how many car accidents did Paul have? My goodness. Yet he did not 
faint. He never quit. And look at the harvest. I don't know if you're suffering through discouragement. I don't know uh, what is going on in your heart, but I know that God will bring a harvest if we'll trust him with it. If we'll just trust the process, sow the seeds, do the work, and allow God to work. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your word. Lord, I'm thankful that uh, even short verses like this can have such a large impact on our life. Lord, it's another, it's another example of why we need to be in your word. Words that are encouraging, words that challenge us, words that put us to the test, and words that promise us a result. Lord, I pray you would help us to remove our own expectations from our walk with you. Lord, help, our, help us to remove our expectations from uh, this church and the ministries of this church. And Lord, help us to just do the work. Help us to not grow weary in well-doing. Help us to hold up one another. Help us to pray for one another. Help us to plant the seed. Help us to be in your word and be ready to give a, an answer for the faith that we carry with us. Lord, help us to rejoice when we see you bring the harvest. I pray for our church. I thank you for these that are here. Lord, I thank you for the so many blessings that we have. They are so numerous. They're without number. Lord, help us to focus on these things. Help us to focus on you this week. I pray you be with our church on Wednesday night. Help us to have a wonderful time together. Those that are gathered with us, I pray you just continue to bless us in Christ's name. Amen.